Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. On the channel, we've got interviews, podcasts, series, content on various subjects, including mental health, football, films, serial killers, conspiracy theories, writing, music, MMA, and more. All our shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation and their audio at all the usual podcasting platforms. Today's show is uh, my favorite kind of show. It's a little bit different to the usual format. It's episode number seven in our unscripted and uncensored series where I have no real run through, no script. It's just completely unedited, uncensored. Uh, we just have some talking points, some subjects or questions sent in by the people, Twitter, Facebook, email. Just uh, should be a lot of fun. Maybe go off the rails, probably go off on some tangents really fast, but uh, it's good. Bit of conversation. Um, just before I introduce my guest for today, I'll just do a quick plug. Today's show is brought to you by Away Day Apparel. Away Day Apparel is a group of casually obsessed football fans looking to bring something different to the wardrobes of like-minded people. Football, music, and weekend carnage high on the agenda, they aim to bring you some exclusive products. They're edgy, controversial, but most importantly current. From t-shirts, polos, shorts to hoodies, jackets and accessories, stick with them, and they aim to bring you terrace wear that will turn heads and provide that cutting-edge look that we all crave. So... You will have seen my guest today dominating in cage warriors all over Europe. He was dubbed the hottest prospect in the UK by the UFC boss man, Dana White. And uh, he made his UFC debut in Copenhagen with an impressive win. It's uh, UFC bantamweight Jack Tankshaw is here with me today. Welcome, buddy. How are you? All good, mate. All good. Happy to be here. Uh, looking yeah. forward to um, some funny questions. Let's see where we go. See, see where it takes us, mate. That's the, 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 the that's what I like about this. Is like I got my like my normal intro and my plugs, and then as soon as I've introduced you, it's just a free for all, and it just goes where it goes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's good. We had, we had a few different guests for these shows. We had um, Welsh boxer Gavin Gwynn, former MMA fighters Lee Remedios and uh, Danny Bratton. Roger Giggs came on. Uh, Alan Jones of Away Day Apparel as well. And uh, plus your fellow Welshman and UFC fighter, Brett Johns, which hasn't come out yet, but by the time this comes out, it'll be out. Um, we also had a special mini version with uh, the lead singer of Shed 7, Rick Witter, which was a lot of fun and uh, a good, interesting chat. So that's the format. Got a lot of questions. Let's, <laughs> uh, let's get this mother started. So what I like to do Joe, is before I just kind of list off a load of questions and do it like that i prefer it to be more of a kind of conversation and we'll just see where it goes and talk and whatever so i'd like to start off by having the guests tell us uh, you know a little bit about them people maybe you're not familiar with you or whatever uh like where you're from where you grew up siblings you know basically how you ended up where you are today mate really <laughs> yeah so um 
been been sort of fighting and training all my life then started really young uh, six years of age progressed then into MMA at about 11 or 12 when my father uh, started my gym Tillery Combat uh, was now known as um, Show MMA uh, competed in everything pretty much boxing kickboxing kumite uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu amateur MMA uh, and now obviously pro MMA so been about the block a little bit um, fought on Cage Warriors as a, as a early on in my pro career before going to UFC. I uh, won the Cage Warriors world title. I've also won the, I was the first person to win the IMAF European title, uh, which was four fights in three days. So uh, I'm, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm quite, uh, quite well versed then, I suppose, in, uh, in what I do. Um, yeah, I come from a little town called Apollary up in the valleys, probably most people only know it as the place where me and Jack Marsh went from. Other than that, I don't think it's, uh, it's famous or anything else. We had a half decent rugby side a couple of years ago. That's about it. So um, hopefully, in years to come, it'll be a little bit more well known and it's had a little, little bit of exposure over the years. So yeah, that's, that's about it. So you started MMA fighting quite young, then, really. You were training. Do you say you started training about 11, 12? Yeah, so I did a bit of kickboxing and um, traditional jiu-jitsu from sort of age six to ten. Um, <clears throat> didn't knock it on the head for a year. I was just, you know, was like in the, in, the, in the valleys, a young kid, your football and your rugby. And then obviously my father opened his own gym. So I was down there every night tra- training with men from 12, 11 years of age. Uh, broke me up tough, obviously. But uh, <clears throat> looking back, it probably, probably did me a lot of favours. But yeah, I, I've been training in MMA. So I'm one of them new, new breed of fighters who... I suppose rather than than was elite in a certain discipline and then crossed over to MMA, I just I was in it from the beginning. That that was that was my style. Um, had my first fight then at, at seventeen, so been in it a long time before even jumping in and, and, and having a fight. Although I was competing elsewhere, there's nothing sort of nothing compares then to um to, to stepping in the cage and doing it. It's a little bit more intense. The atmosphere, obviously, with the crowds for for a young kid at the time was a little bit daunting, but uh, it was. It was something I had a big buzz off, something I always wanted to do. And then after that first fight, it just uh, it just cemented in my head what, what, what path I was going to go down despite being a chubby 17-year-old. Um, it, it was something that I thought, Let's, you know, this is, this is a bit of me. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because, like, years ago, so, like, I'm 38, but say, like, when I was a bit younger, like, my sort of early 20s, late mid-20s, a lot of UFC fighters and... MMA fighters, they was like specialized in like jujitsu or you know grappling or whatever wrestling, whatever it may be. There was more. They were good at one, really like elite at one thing, and then everything else just kind of took a back seat. But these days, like the like you, like you just said, the the new newer breed of fighters, they good at everything, and um, I think that's one of the reasons why the 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 level of like at the very top is so so high because all fighters can do all kind of disciplines and styles to a pretty good, even, even some of the fighters who are perhaps, you know, they're not like a brown belt or a black belt in something, they're, they're, they're still pretty well-versed in even the things they're weaker at. So it's, you know, it's hard. I, like, obviously I'm not a fighter, but I'd imagine it's very, very difficult to get to the very, you know, very top of the, obviously you've made it to the UFC now and, the next, uh, you know, the next target I'd assume is to get up into that, you know, top ten and challenge for titles. But it's it's a big competition, isn't it? There's uh, so yeah, many top fighters. The uh, like you said, the level, the level of the the game as a whole is just going up and up and up all the time. Um, you know, if you look back five years ago, the the top fighters today would probably dominate the top fighters of even five years ago. And, and realistically, you know, five years is not that long ago. The fighters of the day compared to sort of 10 years ago, then it's a different story again. Because like you said, um, before sort of GSP, then most fighters were sort of striking specialists or grappling specialists or wrestling specialists. They always had a weak area. Whereas now, you know, you have the occasional guy like Damian Meyer, I suppose, who's an elite level grappler. Um, you know, people like Ben Askren who came into UFC as an elite wrestler. But, you know, the, the game is moving that fast. You've got to really be world-class or, or, or on the verge of world-class in every area. I mean, look, at Ben Askren is a good example. There was a lot of like about him for years. Elite-level wrestler, all he did was wrestle, came to the UFC. Um, you know, he had a dodgy win against Robbie Lawler and, and then, then two, you know, big losses. So, 
it shows that you can't just have that that one area of expertise anymore. You've got to be well versed everywhere. You've got to be able to strike. You've got to be able to grapple. And you've got to be able to wrestle. You know, especially as you're progressing up the ranks, there's there's guys who are you know elite level strikers who can, who can take you down as well, or vice versa. Elite level wrestlers who are comfortable on the feet. So you've got to be able to fight everywhere. You've got to be able to, I suppose, adapt on the day, adapt in the cage as well as. You know, having having all them skills behind you in the gym, you, you, it's one of them sports. It's, it's always growing. It's still relatively young, so I think that's why we're seeing so much progress now. People are starting to work out that, you know, it's easier to sort of get your kids into MMA from a young age then, rather than have them become a boxing specialist or a jiu-jitsu specialist, and then at sort of 15, 16, try and make the crossover. You know, now now kids, these kids in my gym training from six, seven years of age to. You know, to wrestle, they do. They don't mean they're not like fighting or anything, but they're doing their jujitsu and they're doing their wrestling and they're doing their striking. So, when the time comes that they're old enough to jump into MMA, they, they've already they're already well versed in every area. Yeah, I was going to say. So, do you reckon like over the last sort of five five years plus, there's more and more kids coming to do the MMA training rather than going to like boxing clubs or you know whatever whatever it may be, like or karate or whatever. Do you think there's more kids interested in MMA now than ever before? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, it's it's a it's a it's arguably you know one of the fastest growing and and, and one of the I think um, I've seen online one of, one of the only in America especially the the only sport that's out that's pulling in more views than um, than the UFC you know online is the NFL. So it's obviously it's obviously growing fast, especially over there. I think we're catching up a little bit now. Um, you know, with the likes of Conor McGregor then, who's brought a lot of spotlight on it the last couple of years in UK and Europe. Um, and obviously, now in Wales, you've got me, Jack, uh, Brett and John all in the UFC. So I think more, more kids over here now are, are switching on to it. And, and it's, it's, more, it's more in the public eye now. So parents are seeing, you know, the, the sport for what it is. It's not, it's not just two, two men jumping in a cage and, and fighting. It's got that traditional martial arts value to it as well, as well as the sport aspect, you know, the point scoring and, and the rankings and stuff like that. So... Is definitely taking off, especially with the youngsters now. Whereas I suppose even just speaking about Wales, whereas before it was only football, rugby, and boxing, there's a lot more avenues now that kids are going down. You know, jujitsu, jujitsu classes, not just in my gym, but across gyms all over Wales are, are packed to the rafters. So it's only a matter of time, I think, before you know they, they they sort of give it a governing body to the sense where you know it's going to get government funding as well, and then you'll really see it take off. Yeah, it'd be good to see that because I think there is still some some ignorance towards it in certain parts of like the media and stuff. Like every now and again, when they, especially if there's been like a brutal knockout at a big show or something, you'll see that you'll hear on like talk sport or something. They'll be they'll be kind of slagging off MMA and UFC and saying how it's you know it's brutal and you know there is points where it is brutal, but like it's very technical as well and it frustrates me because they they kind of try and paint this picture of this like um like old school kind of cage fighting and they they kind of try and link it to like like old school bare knuckle boxing as if it's like this shady thing in a cage and it, it, it bugs me because it's not you know it's a very 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 technical sport which takes a lot of dedication and training particularly you know to reach the top level but even just to be a good pro and win fights it takes you know training day in day out and i feel like the the ignorance towards it takes away from the dedication which the fighters like yourself and and others you know show on a daily basis yeah again like you said a lot of it is ignorance um like i, I don't know the exact numbers but i know statistically there are less concussions then in, in mma compared to boxing compared to rugby compared to american football so I mean, like you said, I think it's because, in essence, there is two men fighting in a cage. People struggle to look past that, but the, the reality of it is, um, you know, there's a lot less injuries. For me, for me to, to qualify then to have a fight, even before I went to UFC, for me to be medically cleared for a fight, I had to pay over a grand and a half in, in medicals, you know, brain scans, art scans, blood tests, physicals, um, eye tests, you know, so... People who just think it's it's just two men jumping in the cage and pounding on each other. It doesn't work like that, you know. The, the way I always look at it is in, in boxing then, and, and I'm a massive boxing fan. I'm not slagging boxing off at all because, you know, I've I'm, I'm always been a massive boxing fan. But in boxing, if you get knocked down, 
as long as you get up at the count of eight and the ref thinks you're all right, you know, you can potentially go on to, to take another 30, 40 shots before the ref will jump in. In MMA, if you get knocked down with, with the small gloves and, and someone follows up, you know, it's very rarely is it ever more than five, ten shots max before the ref will jump in and stop it. So I, I think statistically you're probably looking at less less sort of sort of damage than than um than, than boxing and the other sports. Um the thing with MMA as well is, you know, it's a little bit different to boxing in the sense of with boxing, some guys will have 20 or 15, 20 fights before they actually, you know, fight someone of their level and their caliber, they build themselves that way. Whereas in MMA, you turn pro and it's a matter of one fight, maybe two fights against a journeyman or so just to get yourself, you know, used to the pro rule set. And then it's, you know, you start being evenly matched. So I think you see guys move up the ranks quicker because they're fighting tougher, tougher opposition earlier. So they're progressing quicker. So the, their careers are not as long. So in essence, they're probably not taking as many shots over a course of, say, 15 years than, than, than some of the boxers are. So it's also for course. I mean, it's just ignorance. You know, if, if you can accept boxing and rugby and the dangers of that, then there's no reason why you can't accept MMA. Yeah, no, spot on, mate. Um, and like, obviously, going back to like what we were saying about like what the Welsh fighters at the moment in in boxing and MMA, there's like quite an exciting time for you know in the next couple of years could be really special for for Welsh combat sports because you've got like guys like yourself and John Phillips and Brett and Jack Marshman and then you've got like Cody Davis and Gavin Gwynn on the boxing side and some others. Is there um, any other kind of fighters for either Wales or Britain that you were uh, you're kind of excited about yourself over the next couple of years making that sort of step up. Uh, yeah, starting then with with the MMA, there's there's a lot of top guys coming through now. Um, Oban Elliott is uh, is a big prospect coming up at our gym. We got amateurs, you know, um, Jack Tucker, Jordan Peake is another one who just turned pro. All, all guys are excited about. Um, you look down at Swansea. There's guys like Aidan James, Scott Pedersen, who are all coming through the ranks. Uh, Mason Jones is another one. Um, so, you know, the the Welsh MMA scene is only going up and up and up since the boys have gone to the UFC. So there's a lot of prospects coming through. Um, not even prospects, a lot of guys were on the verge of breaking into the top European scene, you know, and then the next logical step for me is, is to look to break in the UFC. So we're stacked, we're stacked with the rafters. And I mean, there's kids now in the gym, 15, 16 years of age, and I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, you know, in, in when they're my age in eight years' time, they they're gonna be frightening. There's there's gonna be kids coming through now. You know, we're at that generation where in ten years' time there's gonna be kids that are better than 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 any of us that are about now. Yeah. So it, it is an exciting time, boxing wise as well. You, you look, I think Welsh boxing now is is probably as stacked as it's been for a long time. You've got like you said, you know, Cody and Gavin Gwynn, um, Joe Cordina, I'm a massive fan of as well. You know, yeah. he's, he's British champion. You know, Liam Williams is two-weight British champion. Uh, Chris Jenkins. There's a young kid, Owe Gary as well, who I train with, Reese Edwards. Like, he's got all the makings of, of a world champion. I mean, he's 9-0. He's only just turned 19. And uh, he looks like he's going to he's gonna be the next one as well. So but between boxing and MMA, I, I think the the fans of combat sports in Wales are going to be swapped for choice now over the next five, ten years. And, and, and even pushing on longer now with, with the, the next generation coming through as well. It's... Is stacked full of talent, stacked full of exciting fighters. You know, there's no one, there's none of those guys I've just named where you watch them fight and think, yeah, you know, they're a good fighter, but they're not great to watch. They all put on exciting fights. And I think it's something about the Welsh, they just, you know, we're never really in a boring fight. No. Um, if we can avoid being dragged into a ball fest, we will. So, like I said, MMA and boxing in the next couple of years, if the, the fans are really in for a treat, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, no, you're right. Well, what, like the Welsh, just, you tend to see more like, they just get into it like blow for blow a lot of the time if it's like striking fight or it's very rarely like um like the Joshua fight on the weekend which I thought Joshua he did what he had to do he won the fight comfortably and he 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 showed that he was so much more technically like a better boxer and yeah. it's, sometimes it's not about like knocking someone out in you know the first second third round sometimes you've got to box clever and um, I saw loads of people, like after, straight after the fight, who seemed to think that they, you know, sat from their sofa, no better than the six foot six heavyweight boxing champion of the world or whatever. But <laughs> yes, 
It's, yeah, uh, and another one I did I forgot to mention is Lewis Long. He he flies into the radar a bit low because he's he's with Bellator. I mean he's the only Welsh guy signed to Bellator. He just picked up a win, so he's the first Welsh guy to fight and and win on a Bellator card as well. And Bellator, you know, are a massive promotion as well. So Lewis has oh. been leading the charge like Brett and Jack and John for a long time. I grew up watching that them for. You know, when I was an amateur, they, they were all at the top level at the European scene. So, you know, they're still pushing on and they, and they are still fighting at the top level as well. Sorry, what was his name? Lewis? Lewis Long. Lewis Long. Because uh, I'm going to speak, I'm speaking to uh, Tom Mearns from Bellator later on. So I'll ask him about Lewis. Yeah, Lewis is a character as well. He's um, you, he's not your stereotypical fight. I know he doesn't try to play the, the tough guy card. He's just a, he's a quirky, funny guy and... Um, you see him at the weigh-ins, you know, he gives, he pulls him in for a nugget at the weigh-ins, he's all smiles, he's all happy to be there. So, uh, Lou's a character as well. I think he just, he doesn't always necessarily get the the exposure that some of us others get, you know, because he's on that, that Bellator scene. But, you know, I, I think people, now he's got that win and he's fighting again in February, people will start um, clicking on how good Lou is as well, as well yeah. as you know, Brett, Jack, John and myself. Get him, get him on year. I'll have him on. Yeah, get him on. You have a, you have a fun time with him. Let me tell you, he's, he's a special guy. <laughs> yeah, I have. I um, because like I had Gavin going on, and obviously I had Brett on. It was that show's coming out now, and uh, me and Brett, where we're on, we're on there for Skype for like two hours. <laughs> we forgot we were doing the show. Like we were just chatting for ages. Like, but it was it was a good show though. Yeah, um, yeah, it was just good. So I, what I've done with these questions, I tried to bunch them all up. So right. they're kind of like all the MMA questions and then some of the other stuff. Right. So the first one is just nice and simple. Who do you want to fight next? I mean, I get that question a lot, obviously. I, like, I keep telling people, when I was in Cage Warriors, I was sort of a big fish in a little pond in the centre. I was the top of the division. So I was spoiled for choice. Everyone was calling me out left, right and centre. Whereas... Now I've moved on to the, to the big show with, with, with the big boys, you know, from, from all over the world. Um, so I will literally fight anyone that anyone that's going to help push me up the rankings. And, you know, I, I, had a, I had a good win in my last fight against a guy who, who although he lost the fight before he gave a ranked opponent in, in Chico Vera, a tough time, a lot tougher time than he gave me. So I'm more than confident I can compete with the top 10, 15 guys. But I know um, only being 1-0 in the UFC, I've got a sort of, Build my stock a little bit, then I've got to pick up some wins before they're going to start premium with guys who can push me up the rankings. So, you know, anyone that's a sort of similar level to me in the sense of, you know, they, they've got a lot of hype about them. You know, people are talking about them, there's a lot of buzz around them. So someone that's similar to me in the sense of I can fight them, beat them and steal their right to, to push me on a little bit further. Yeah, I mean, Dana seemed uh, impressed by your debut because I, I was just... Like when I was preparing for this, I was having a look and like, and I watched the fight again, and um, like he was he straight away he's on all over the BBC and Talksport and all these places in the UK, like he's calling you the most exciting prospect in you know coming out of the UK. That's got to be um, kind of a confidence boosters, you know, the dominant win obviously, but like hearing the boss man speak so highly of you as well. Yeah, well, you know, there's, there's some guys I know of. I, I know of like American guys and stuff like that in the UFC who've been in there sort of uh, five or six fights and they've never, you know, Dana doesn't know who they are and, and you know, they never spoke to him. Whereas even before I stepped in the cage, he did an Instagram video and a tweet, you know, about me saying, like you said, you know, the, the next big thing coming out of the UK. So to, to know that the, the right eyes are watching and uh, the right people are talking about me, then yeah, it's a, it's a big confidence booster. Um, hopefully the performance, you know, out solidify yeah. his, his, uh, his opinion of me being the artist prospect in the UK. So hopefully now he, um, he can get behind me a little bit and uh, push me into the American scene as well. It'd be nice to get over there and um, you know show that us British boys and us Welsh boys we capable of beating the Americans as well. It's, you know, there's a bit of um, a stereotype that we're a little bit behind the Americans, but you know, I've beaten American in my last fight, in my first fight in there, who comes from the, the biggest gym in the world in AKA, or one of the biggest gyms. So... We might be a small little country with some small gyms, but uh, we, we stack full of talent and we, we can compete with the best of them. Absolutely. So uh, the next question is, it's a bit of a, kind of a long one. It says, um, who do you think wins out of McGregor, Cerrone and Khabib and Ferguson and why? Uh, McGregor, Cerrone, I think obviously the longer the fight goes on and obviously like 
based on past experience, you, you would say you'd probably favour Cowboy in the sense of McGregor has looked a little bit tired over five rounds. But stylistically, I think um, McGregor is all wrong for Cowboy then. As good as Cowboy's striking is, I think he, not struggles, but he, he's, he's less he's less tactically sound when he's put on the back foot. You, you see it with Darren Till, you've seen it with Masvidal. When someone sort of starts walking him down and catching him, then that, that's when he tends to get caught with the big shots. And, you know, McGregor's style is, is fast-paced, you know, walks people down. He knows he's got dynamite in his hands. So I think McGregor's going to end up catching him, I think, um, first or second. Don't be right, I'd love to, I love him more, so I'd love to see it be a big five-round war where, you know, it's back and forth and, and it's a strike, you know, a technical striking battle because they're two of the best strikers in the division. But um, if I'm honest, I think Cowboy as well is coming sort of towards the end of his career now. His chin has been tested a little bit in his last two fights. So I think if McGregor catches him, um, then, then it's game over. But again, you know, McGregor's had, an, again, he's had a, a, well, 18 months by the time he fights, probably out of the cage. There's another big gap between fights for him. So it'd be interesting to see whatever last, um, that plays in. Uh, yeah. I think if, he's, if, he's, if McGregor's focused and added, you know, a top training camp, because I still don't think he was properly prepared for the Khabib fight, just with all the the press he did, and I just don't, you know, not that I'm in any position to tell a fighter that they're not preparing properly, but I just think he didn't look himself. He didn't look. He didn't fight the way that had got him to the dance for all if the I other. To be honest, I just think he's he's a very emotionally invested. Like you could tell in the build up, he wanted to generally kill Khabib. Yeah. And I think style, I mean, people can say what they want about Ozzy not being prepared. I'm not doubting that, he, you know, when he got that money in the bank, he's probably not as prepared as he was when he was playing on the ladder. But I think even even in his prime, stylistically, you know, Khabib is a bad fight for him. Yeah. In way. With, with his take, I mean, you know, you can argue that, yeah, he didn't stand and ban, but I mean, he stood in front of him for the full third round, did didn't one takedown, and, and, you know, he didn't get him out of there. The problem with Khabib is he's that good at what he does. He's got complete disregard for your skills. You know, if he gets yeah. on to someone for long enough, he's going to get a takedown. So, when you've got a mind, and I think his mindset compared to a lot of fighters is is very different. Um, you know, he's he, do, he doesn't even look like he's, he's considered losing. He doesn't look nervous. He just he just knows what his game plan is. He goes out and he does the same thing with every person, but there's no one yet that has been able to stop him. Um, but obviously, moving on with him and Tony, I think Tony Ferguson is is cut from the same cloth in the sense of. Uh, you know, he doesn't, I don't think losing even comes into his head. They're, they're two mentally strong guys. They don't really like each other either, I don't think. So that adds to the hype. And it's one of them fights I'm 50-50 on. Because Khabib, I've never seen sort of, I've never seen anyone sort of put any offense on Khabib in the sense where you could say, well, he's weak in this area because, you know, he's never really been trouble. But then Ferguson, you know, he's going to press forward, which is may open up a takedown. But he's that good off his back. You know, he's, he's, he causes a lot of damage even when he's on his back. So it'll be interesting to see if Khabib can, can neutralise his grappling then and, 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 and just do his, do his thing from the top or if Tony's ground game will, you know, allow him to get up. Because Ferguson can wrestle as well. And, yeah. you know, we've seen Ferguson doesn't get tired. He, he just keeps coming yeah. and coming and coming. And the one little throw maybe that Khabib has is in the past. He has faded a little bit as, as the fight has gone on. Not, not in the sense where he's blown up his ass, but, you know, you've seen him get a little bit tired and someone like Ferguson is a bit like uh, the Diaz is in that sense. I think if he sees someone get tired, then he turns up the pressure even more, which is why, why he inflicts so much damage on his opponent. So that one, I can't call a winner. I'm 50-50. And after, after I keep thinking about it till April comes, and maybe, yeah. I'll, uh, maybe I'll have a decision then. Yeah, I think it's just one of those fights, isn't it, where you could see if, if you went, if you told me you had a time machine and you've been, and you've seen who won, and you told me it was either one of them, I'd believe you. Because... Yeah. It's like they could fight 10 times and I think it would be, you know, 50-50 on the wins. It's one of them fights. It's, it's a matter of who, who, who can do what on the night, you know, and what factors come in. There's a lot of factors then that are going to play in on the night. And it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, looking at it, it's tough to call because they've been both been that flawless the last sort of four or five years. None of them have showed any real weakness in no. the game. So it's, it's, tough to, it's tough to pinpoint an area where any of them could, you know, find trouble, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, going back to the McGregor-Cerrone fight, I think one of the things which Conor does really well is he creates these weird angles when he's uh, striking, particularly coming from the left side. And I think that might trouble Cowboy a bit. But like you say, if it goes a bit longer, you could see Cowboy then perhaps 
getting that bit, you know, he's a bit got a maybe better conditioning or something. I, I'm not sure. It's Connor just even even though like I'm sure Connor's conditioning is very very good because he's a top athlete. He just he does look after the initial sort of three rounds. He just does seem to tire. He's one of them athletes. I think he's like a, what they call a fast twitch athlete. Then so his conditioning could probably be as 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 top level as it can be. I am you know no one's no one's ever doubted that he's you know he's not unfit because he's obviously tra- trains his ass off. But I think he's that he's that powerful then, and his his muscles are that fast twitch that without sort of trying to give a lot about. But when he's throwing these shots, there's that much power coming in. And I think naturally, obviously his muscles sort of tire a little bit and. Maybe that's what fat is in. But on the flip side, although he looked tired uh, in the second Diaz fight again, he managed to, to come through with a bit of a second win and pull up the win there. So it'll be an interesting fight. If he doesn't land the shot sort of early on in the first two rounds, I'm, I'm being intrigued to see how the third, fourth and fifth play out. But I think as long as he's in the first two rounds, he's capable of pouring Cowboy away. And I, you know, as I don't think for the first two rounds, Cowboy will sort of danger him in the sense of putting it to bed. But as if, again, as the fight goes on, that's where Cowboy becomes more dangerous, especially looking at um, uh, the Alec Quinta fight. He sort of got stronger as the fight went on and got sharper as the later rounds come into play. Yeah. Um, and then I know someone else asked, if um, if McGregor wins and Khabib wins, can they said, can Conor beat Khabib and how in the rematch? <laughs> I, d- I don't think really that, that there's a way. I mean, I see a lot of, people on Twitter and I'm a big fan of McGregor myself I've been for years maybe you know is he's gone a bit off the rails a little bit the last couple of years and some of the things he's done it you know it is tough to get behind him but yeah fighting wise you can't not be a fan of his style the way he, the 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 level he's at then on the feet especially and even, even in his wrestling like you know you've seen a lot more he's had a lot more success defending a takedown against Khabib than anyone else but ultimately he's still as good as his defence was for a little bit of the fight, he still couldn't stop the end takedown. So, if I'm honest, if I, I think if him and Khabib rematch, maybe he'd have a little bit more success early on, but I just don't see how it goes any other way. And if I'm honest, is you know, McGregor have done the, the old title thing and had the belt and, and been the, the king of two divisions, I'd be more interested in seeing him fighting Diaz again and, and Masvidal, seeing him in fights that are going to be exciting and, you know... Fights super fights, super fights isn't it? yeah. Fights that the fans want to see, rather than you know just putting Getting it into that. I know that makes more sense in the UFC with the money and stuff. But like I say, I'd be more impressed. I think, and if I'm honest, I think they iron up the Masvidal fight. That's why they've put this fight at welterweight because they get a win now. They can argue the case of well, he's had another win at welterweight. Let's let's chuck yeah. him in against Masvidal, and that's a fight that you know you ain't gonna. I don't think you'll meet anyone that don't want to see that fight. They announced oh, yeah. that. That that's got potential, especially after the year Masvidal's had to be the biggest, the biggest draw sort of in, in US history because I can't imagine them two going to get each other in the build up either. So I, no, be, they've already started, haven't they? Yeah, they've, they've had some slight things. And I think, yeah, I think uh, that's like a real special fight. Another fight I'd like to see Conor have would be against Ferguson. I I would love to see that. Yeah, no, yeah, again, that's another one. That's another fight I'd like to see. Uh, just because of the style of it, they, you know, Ferguson just stand and bang, wouldn't they? Ferguson is prone to getting hit, but he's he's a tough fucker. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see if um, you know, if he can pull him away, or if he can't pull him away, what happens when he gets backed up and he doesn't get tired? There's, again, there's a lot of factors, and for me, that's what makes a fight is when you've got all these factors of McGregor gets tired a little bit early, Ferguson is fit as they come, but then you've got Ferguson is prone to getting clipped, whereas McGregor is is elite with his striking and, and can tag anyone at any time. So. When, when when a fight's made like that stylistically, that, that's a lot more exciting, I think, than a, than a McGregor and Khabib rematch. Yeah, well, it's spot on, mate. Um, okay, let's get to some more questions. Uh, so we got, uh, if you could pick up any fighter, past or present, to face in your first main event, who would it be? Uh, I, funny enough, it's, it's not like the start of the line, but i just seen, um, obviously, Frankie Edgar is, is dropping to, to Bantamweight, and I've been a massive fan of his from about... Probably, I don't know, probably 15 years of age. I was probably 15 when he first came on on his title run at lightweight. And, you know, there's not many people I fanboy, but I think if I, if I seen Frank Edgar, I would have a fanboy moment. But, you know, who knows, maybe in a couple of years, if he's still about, he may not. And on the end, in a couple of years, because he's had such a good career and such a long career. But me and him at, at, at Bantamweight, 
I think it'd be a fun fight and you know yeah. the fight legend like uh, someone I've looked up to there one, one of my heroes I suppose as a kid coming up always liked his attitude he's humble puts on great fights and then it'd be an honour to share the kid with him so never say never yeah Dana Dana White get that get that done Frankie Edgar versus Jack Shaw I'd like I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> um, so uh, Johnny asks, uh, "Who would win out of you and Brett Johns, and would you fight each other?" <laughs> Tell Johnny it'd be a draw. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to fight Brett. Um, me and him are, are very pally. Uh, we do a bit of training together. Um, coming up as an amateur, like I had one or two pro fights and Brett was always really good to me. I, you know, at the time I think he was the Titan champ or the Cage Warriors champ. Had me down the gym as an amateur, helping me improve uh, sparring stuff. I always sort of took me under his wing a little bit, you know, always supported me online, everything like that. And vice versa, I got a lot of time for Brett. Locked up to him for a long time and still do in this game. You know, he's great fight there. He's one of the first ones that proved that the, the Welsh guys can wrestle and we can compete with the, the top guys all over the world. And, um, you know, I, I would like to think that there's enough people in the division that we can avoid uh, we can avoid fighting with each other. But yeah, I got you know big big fan of Brett's and what what you've done for Welsh MMA along with the likes of Jack and John it has has laid the path for people like myself and the boys coming through. So you know, it'd be a shame to to have to fight them for for everyone else's pleasure. Then you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think Johnny's trying to stir up trouble myself. Johnny's trying he's, to stir up he's trouble. He's trying to yeah. trying to get an all Welsh fight. <laughs> But it's got to be difficult, isn't it? Like, especially when you've got, like, if you've got friends in the same weight class and, you know, the time might come where they want to match you against each other. It's going to be difficult, isn't it? But, like, have you ever had to fight anyone, like, uh, who you're, like, friendly with or pretty, like, not like, not close to, but, like, like, genuinely friends with rather than just knowing a passing capacity? Yeah, no, never, never in um, in MMA. I have the grappling tournaments. Me and me and a couple of my mates were obviously coming up as kids. We'd enter and I fought yeah. a couple of teammates a couple of times in jujitsu. But it's different then, you know. It's like having a, you know, it's like having a role in the gym. I, you know, I could never fight one of my my teammates and someone who I, you know, when the boys fight, I'm more nervous for them than I am for myself. So to have to step in there and fight them, I, I could I couldn't do it, you know. And for years I've had. In my gym, there's a lot of bantamweights. There's me, Josh Reed, uh, Chris Edwards was a bantamweight for a long time. Martin McDonald was a bantamweight for a long time. So there's a lot of us floating about the same weight, and you know we've always we've always avoided fighting each other. And I think we always will. The the bond we got um, in the gym is more of a family bond then rather than just you know just teammates. We all yeah we all generally want each other to succeed and and, and do well. So I can never never fight one of them under the lights. And that's, that's I'll save that for people I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, let's fly through some of these questions. Uh, AJ or Fury? Fury. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. If you could fight anyone from any era, who would it be? Any weight or? Uh, he says any era, but there's another question now in a minute about any weight. Any era. Uh, let's go Frankie yeah, Edgar again. I, I know we, we, we're still about the same time, but. You know, he was in his peak, I think, about five, six years ago. So let's, let's go with Frank Yeager. Yeah, you won that fight, didn't you? <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't know if I really want it. I don't think I do want it because I like that bib so much. But yeah. when, you, when you talk about, uh, what's the saying? You, you know, you, you, you keep going to the idols, become your rivals. That, that's the one example that shines through it in a division. There's no one else in the division then that I sort of think of. You know, I looked up to them as a kid coming through with Frank Yeager is, is a legend in the game. Yeah, and I suppose the other thing is, it's um, well, if you're like a, such a big fan of him, it's like you don't want to end his career, do you? So, <laughs> yeah. like in that sense, no, I don't mean like like uh, you know like a na- like nasty. No, I know. Just just like, he's coming towards the end of his career, like, and if you give him a bit of a whooping, that's it, probably, you know. And then it's like, well, you can give me, a, we can be a bit, give me a bit of a whooping, and perhaps I don't like him as much. Eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 So um, if you could fight, uh, there you are. if you could fight uh, a current fighter from any weight, who would you fight? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, let me think. I got to try to think. Is anyone I don't like? <laughs> oh, let's even let's go TJ Dillashaw just because of all the the, the PDs and the blood doping and all that shit. You know, I think I think he should be banned for life. If I'm honest, I don't I don't see how you can get caught blood doping like what happened with Lance Armstrong. 
Yeah. They, they banned him for life. So I think the same. I think this the same should apply. Anyone caught using steroids or blood doping, they, they should be gone for life. They shouldn't get a second second roll of the dice. So it'd be nice to um, you know, he might put it on me again, but it'd be nice to mm-hmm. get on with him and and sort of. I, but I think again, there'll be a lot of people in my division who want to crack at him just to sort of get back at him for for you know even trying that you know the fact yeah he denied it he openly admitted he did it. So it's, it's like you know, it? he, he's done it knowing full well, knowing exactly what he was doing, knowing it was illegal, hoping that he didn't get caught and, you know, he's come back to bite him on the arse. So I think he lost a lot of fans the last two years on um, on what happened. I don't think no one will be interested to see him come back either. No, I think the only thing people will be interested in is seeing him get a paste in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. I, um, like, to me, like, I... Anyone who's doing like PEDs, I just I lose so much respect for him. But then I think I was thinking of I was reading about it the other week, and it was like blood doping to me is like taking it up another level. Yeah, exactly. and it's just like you know, like I I've never done it, so I don't know what. But I've been told it's it's the equivalent then of you know you have a Saturday and Sunday off, you wake up Monday, you're fresh, your daisy, you feel like you can do ten mile run, you can do your weights, you can do four sessions, five sessions in a day. And I've been told with the blood doping, you sort of do it, then you wake up the next day exactly the same way, so you feel like you could go and run a marathon. So that's not it's not fair on everyone else. Obviously, fight camp and training three times a day, six days a week when we're in camp weighs on all of us. But that's just part of the game, you know, pushing through when you're tired. You know, it's it's a dangerous sport as it is, so we don't need to have people cheating and and you know getting an unfair advantage in a in a sport where physical harm can be done. It's, they should just ban them for life. I don't understand the the, the two year ban. Um, the two-year ban sentence when they tried to ban um, Nick Diaz for five years for smoking weed. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, it's, it's fucking stupid, though, isn't it? So, <clears throat> I know you're, um, you're pushed for time and stuff, so we're not going to get through all the questions because there's just so many of them. <laughs> so I knew that. But I knew there was a chance of that. So I'm going to try and pick out some of the good ones. Um, what we got? Who's the greatest MMA fighter of all time? Uh, and who's the greatest... UK MMA fighter of all time? Uh, greatest of all time is is probably, I would say, uh, John Jones, but then you've got to give GSP his props as well. Um, you know, again, clean athlete. Then when was the greatest welterweight of all time, had four years off, come back and, and won the middleweight belt. And now this talk him coming back and, and fighting Khabib. So as far as MMA athletes go, you've got to give GSP. Uh, but, you know, skill-wise, John Jones is undoubtedly you know, level, levels above. I, the only thing that, that sort of brings Alan down a bit is obviously the um, the, pep, the PED accusations. But I know there's talk of them saying now that, that something went wrong there with the test or whatever. But that's that's someone else's story to tell. Um, and the, the greatest UK has got, obviously got to go with Bispin. Um, first ever UK UFC champion. Was on the verge of winning it so many times and, and didn't, didn't do it. And then to, to do it towards the end of his career, you know, he's without a doubt the uh, the greatest we've ever had to come from the aisle. Yeah, spot on. The one thing I'd say about John Jones is if it comes out or turns out that he, you know he's he's never taken PEDs, isn't it? You know, it's, and it was a mistake, kind of the the other side's mistake. I think that's real bullshit. Like because he's going to be tarred with that no matter what, yeah, exactly. forever. That, People... the, that, is, that is the other problem with the, the old drug testing fiasco is. You know, they need to get something in place where you can 100% confirm it or not. You know, did he do it or didn't he do it? Because like you said, despite what happens now in his career, he could go up and win the heavyweight belt and then drop down and win the middleweight belt. He'd still be tarred as, yeah, but he took steroids. Where if he hasn't done it, then it's, it's a bit shit for him. Well, the thing is, most people, if you ask them, like, who's the greatest fighter of all time? They say, John Jones, but, and there's always a but. It's because they associate, like, not just that, but like that plus the other stuff which has gone on with him. So it does take away people's opinion of like his career overall. But we'll see. Yeah. I guess we'll see where it goes. All right, so what I'm going to do now, just before we finish off, I'm going to skip down to the bottom, which is the other questions. <laughs> so they're a bit more random. So uh, what have we got? Biggest prick you've ever met in the fighting world? <laughs> Biggest prick I've ever met? I haven't really met. Many bad, bad people in them. Do you know what? Brett Johns said the same thing. He said, yeah, the majority of the people I've met are all yeah, pretty sound. Like The majority of uh, sound is there's some people with bad attitudes and stuff like that. But 
as far as meeting on a personal level, I, I don't think I've, I've met many, many Romans. Oh, there we go. So, uh, most famous person in your phone contacts? Most famous person in my phone contacts is either going to be probably Gary Lockett, the Pocket Rocket, or um, probably even Marshall or Brett Johns. They, they're the only other two I've got on my phone. Oh, there I think that's, uh, that's famous. Sorry, when you win, uh, when you win your next fight up in Vegas yeah, or something, yeah, you know, a collect a few more, then can you? Well, maybe I tell you, uh, Ross Moriarty as well. Yeah, he's up there as well on the Welsh. That's, a, the Welsh that's, point, a, that's, that's a good a, one. That's a big one to have as well. Yeah. Uh, so this guy, uh, oh, it's girl. I do apologise. Peaches says, uh, Jack, congratulations on your UFC win. I'm struggling for good stuff on Netflix at the moment. Can you recommend me three good films and three good TV shows? Three good films. Right, let's go with what I watched recently. Um, last night I watched Daddy's Own Tour, which had me in stitches. Uh, so go with that. Uh, what's, what's the new one on there I watched the other night? Um, Braven is another one. Is, is a new Netflix one that, that, that's pretty good. Um, and I don't know if it's on Netflix, but a classic. One of my favourite films is The Watch with uh, Jonah Hill and Vince Vaughn. If you're, if you're into stupid comedies and got a stupid sense of humour like me, that's a good one. TV shows, you've probably seen them, but Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy, and Stranger Things. Good shout. I haven't seen the latest uh, latest series of Stranger Things yet. I keep going to watch it, and I get distracted. Well, I'm power, I get... you go have a fourth one, Power as well. Chuck that in a minute. I've heard that's supposed to be good. I haven't watched that that's yet. Right. I love Power. What do you think of uh, the Breaking Bad film? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I think it was somewhat nothing, really. Well, they, they, they could have done a lot more with it. They left it a bit long, I think, to... To, to bring it out so it was a little bit of a let down I would have liked to have seen a bit more of because um, we've been there on and think you know for years that Walt, Walter White might be alive and I yeah. pretty much shut it down didn't I so uh, it's a shame I was gutted as, as a the 18 year old of me was uh, was disappointed in that one yeah I think it was basically like a epilogue on it just like a yeah. extra episode to t- tell you what happened to Jesse but um, I thought it was alright but uh, okay uh, last Go on, and we'll finish off in these. Then, uh, what's the worst thing you've ever done? The worst what? Worst thing you've ever done. Worst thing I've ever done. All right, I, I got a bit of questions. When I was when I was thirteen, I sat in a computer chair like this, and I was on my old uh, PC in the house. And for whatever reason, I had a drawing pen between my teeth like this. So I was swinging about on the chair like a dick, and I go back and I lose balance on the chair. So I rock forward and gone and sucked the drawing pen. Christ. Swallowed it. Um, went all the way down straight away and he um, they said oh it'll be fine it'll just come out the other end sent me home it was Halloween so I come home then from an Halloween party I was only about 14 I had a phone call off the hospital you need to come straight down it could pierce your bowels so straight down in the middle of the night fortunately it just passed through and come up the next morning with no damage done but that was probably the stupidest thing I've ever done and my old man uh, likes to not let me forget it either when we were in company Oh, yeah, random. This is just random. <laughs> uh, it says, with the election literally taking place as we speak, and the only choice we have are liars and cheats, would you consider getting into politics when you retire? <laughs> I don't like politics is for me. I, uh, I got zero interest in it. I should have more interest in what I've got, but the, the question sums up. They all lie, liars and, and cheaters and deceiving fuckers. So, uh, you know... I think we're, you're, you're, we're doomed either way. None of them will do what they're going to say they're going to do. So that's why I don't let myself get too emotionally invested in it. One bit of advice I have got for people, though, is if you're going to be into politics and you're going to preach the, the policies and all this and that, do a little bit more research than just scrolling your Facebook feed. Because I see so many Facebook politicians who think they know everything and a lot of, lot of stuff they're posting is bullshit. So... If you're gonna if you're gonna be into it and, and take it seriously, go and do some tidy research online rather than just scrolling Facebook and Instagram and taking in quotes that were probably never said. Yeah, well what people do is they just try and find stuff which matches up with what they wanna say yeah. or what they believe and they don't check if it's actually happened or if it's true. And, and let's be honest, this is my other this is my other thing, right? How many people do you actually think are going to read your Facebook essay and change their mind on who they're going to vote for? Nine times out of ten, or 99% of the time, people know who they're voting for anyway. So they, you, you arguing with people on Facebook and preaching, preaching to people who don't, don't care isn't going to change any minds anyway. Yeah. Let people make their own mind up. 
That's it, mate. That's it. Right. I know you've got to go. So um, tell the people, uh, Jack, where they can find you on social media and stuff. And uh, if you've got anything coming up. Yeah, you can find me on um, Instagram and Twitter. It's Jack Shaw MMA and it's Jack Tank Shaw is my Facebook page. Uh, don't add my personal account because I'm full up with friends and I'll have to sadly decline everyone. But uh, I, everything I post on my, my Instagram goes on my Facebook fan page as well. So, so follow me on there. Um, nothing confirmed fight-wise yet. Hoping to get out early next year, March to April time. So <laughs> any, any news, you'll, you'll, you'll be kept updated online. Excellent. Uh, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at AceCast underscore Nation, Facebook.com slash AceCast Nation. Uh, please give us a follow on social media because it helps us continue to grow the channel. And uh, we've had some awesome guests for the, from the MMA world. Obviously, we've got a podcast on football every week with the championship uh, show and plenty of other shows, including the Danny Button MMA show, which is recorded on Sunday after the big UFC card on the weekend, which we didn't even get to talk about, which is a mental card on Saturday. I can't wait for it. Maybe we'll um, do a recap. We'll, we'll get Sunday out of the way. Perhaps we'll do a recap one day. Yeah, yeah. Monday after, we'll, we'll, we'll do a post-fight show. Yeah, yeah, we should do it. And we'll get, we'll get through all the rest of these questions then as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Guys, give um, the YouTube channel a follow because that is the, the best way to support the channel. It helps us the fastest and quickest way is youtube.com slash ace podcast nation uh if you prefer to listen to the shows obviously we've got iHeartRadio, radio tune in radio apple pods everywhere jack thank you for joining me mate i really appreciate your time no problem mate i'll uh, look forward to the next one indeed and uh, guys leave us a comment on the video and uh, tell us who should be next on unscripted and uncensored and uh, until then have a good christmas and uh, we'll see you for the next episode of ace podcast nation cheers Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.